everyone. And Tony and I are here again today. Tony's back in town now. She's not claiming she's not going out of town again until maybe next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I have all my animal friends here. Um, Mr. G is just proving to be just a delight constantly. He made a new friend yesterday. I have my friend Tanya, who's a big animal lover too, and we always have lunch together every every other week or something like that. And we, I always bring Guinness. And so yesterday we were going to do this, and she calls me and she says, "Well, I, I want to know if I can bring a guest." So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be like a friend of hers or something, you know. She goes, I just just adopted a new dog, a six-month-old French bulldog. And I said, my gosh. I said, those things are expensive. And she said, well, what happened was is that her friends of a friend of a friend, a breeder passed away and left all these puppies. And they didn't know what to do with them. And they didn't feel comfortable selling them, so they were just trying to find them homes. There was like six or seven of them. And this person called my friend Tanya, and she went and picked out a little boy. And Guinness has not been socialized all that much. He gets along with everybody, but he has that little snarkiness in him that if he can get his nose out of joint, he can be a little little snotty nose. So she put him on the floor. She's calling him Enzo. But I think she ought to call him Zen because this dog was just so docile. For a puppy, docile, sweet, almost meditating, you know, at the table. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh. So I put them down on the floor. I put Guinness down on the on the ground, and I we let Enzo and him touch noses with, with leashes on, of course, because, you know, you can't trust anybody these days. And they got along fine. They ended up hanging out, sitting together. You know, and Enzo was like, hey, he's cool. So he made a new friend. And when we left, Guinness looked longingly back at him. It was like they were going, oh, we want to see you again. So I guess it's going to be a thing that we bring Enzo and uh, Guinness together when we have lunch because they like each other. I was so pleased that Guinness wasn't his snarky little self. You know, he can get that way. And he was just, I think he wants friends. So I was very excited about it. And everyone else is doing fine, too. But, you know, as you know, Guinness has been my focus. And he's just the light of my life. I'm so glad I got him back. I'm, everybody's glad. My other two dogs and all my cats, everybody likes him. So it's all good. And he's made a new friend called Enzo. And Enzo is gorgeous. He's got this gray fur that almost looks like velvet. And when he walks, he shimmers, I swear. So... I'll keep you guys abreast of him. He's part of our new little um, family of dogs and cats. And, Tony, what's going on over there? Well, not too good news. Um, I went to a wedding last weekend in Philadelphia, and Rachel called me and said she had to take Alex to the emergency room Sunday. And uh, he couldn't lift his head, and his front legs were shaking. Now, as you remember, uh, he had back surgery about three, four years ago. So I'm always aware of that. Yeah, I'm always aware of his back. Um, They got him in there. Um, Right now, they think it's a vertebrae, but they're not sure. So for the next two weeks, no stairs, no jumping, no dog park. He's on a muscle relaxer, 
and a pain pill. So, I mean, he's acting normal. He wants to run. It's very hard to sedate Alex at all. Um, we had to mm-hmm. up the medication. Um, we just have to see. I am now sleeping downstairs on the floor next to Alex. Because if I go upstairs, he's going to cry. It will be stressful. So I brought down an air mattress, and we sleep on that together. So, oh, you know, they, yeah. sleeping was yeah. as important. <clears throat> right. So we have another week to see where we're at. And, of course, he's feeling good. I'm not sure if he's really feeling good or if it's the pain medicine. So that's kind of where we're at. So what would they what would they do if there's a vertebrae messed up? Another surgery? Well, that's what it would be. Um, Alex is going to be thirteen. Oh. And after the back surgery and everything, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to think about the work. But I'm just hoping that it's just maybe. I don't know, an enlarged muscle. Well, maybe he, I don't just, know. maybe he just pulled a muscle or he's got a nerve that's, you know, a little irritated. Maybe it's that. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Me too. Well, we're yeah. all going to say a little prayer. Everybody say a little prayer yep. for Alex so that he gets through this with, you know, at least amount of discomfort and he gets back to his fighting self. Because 13 really isn't that old. So he might no. be able to pull himself out of this. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for sure. So that's wow. my update, well, my end. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but, you know, we need to know about these things so that we can put the prayer in the proper place and send good vibes over there so that he can uh, recover. He oh, recovered absolutely. before. Maybe he'll recover again. Let's maybe. keep our fingers crossed. Um, I'm staying absolutely. in the moment. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get Veronica, and please say hello to everybody that's, you know, here today. Great. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our show today. Um, I encourage you to write in. Don't be shy. Write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and that is I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Joni. I understand that we incarnate to learn lessons, whether it is here or in another galaxy. But why do we have to do this in the first place? Well, you don't have to do anything. Some souls choose not to evolve in this manner. Some souls find, you know, Earth a little tedious and may pick another place in the galaxy. There's nobody standing there over you saying you must do this or you must do that. It is all chosen by you. So if you showed up here, you chose to do it. You can choose to do it and you get here and you go, oh my gosh, I've made a horrible mistake and never do it again. But you do have to... uh you know, participate, and but not forcibly. If you don't want to come and incarnate on Earth or any other place, you don't have to. But you will have that innate desire within you to evolve and grow, and you will seek out other opportunities. 
to do that. But nobody's making you. You don't have to do anything. All right, our next question is coming from Michael. I have recently read in a compendium, pronounced that, Veronica. Thank you. Compendium. Compendium of the various medium interactions with the energy known as Jesus. They say that he did not die on the cross, but entered into a self-imposed death-like state being spirited away to a cave for healing. Is there a truth to this? Well, you have to remember the time frame. They weren't very savvy on conditions. Um, If somebody went into a coma or somebody, you know, participated in a certain way, they didn't know how to explain it. They just knew that the person wasn't talking, wasn't responsive, and they immediately go, okay, you know, they're dead. And that's why, and so if you look in some Victorian uh, cemeteries and stuff in certain cultures, there would be little bells because they never knew if somebody was really dead or not because they didn't know how to identify um, things like a coma. And that's what went on with Jesus. Now, he went through a horrendous ordeal. He passed out through most of it. He ended up in a coma like thing. He wasn't acting dead. He was in a coma. When they came to get him, they thought that he was dead. But come to find out, they, once they were around him, they go, he's breathing. So they decided to take him, not to a burial place, but to a place where he could be safe, which ended up being a cave, and to see if he would wake up or not. And the story goes, he did wake up. And you know, came and did go off and heal somewhere. And when they say he rose again and ascended into heaven, that's all pretty much um, decorative verbiage. I mean, they were making a story out of it, so to speak. But he did wake up. He was in a coma. And it is beyond comprehension sometimes to understand all that suffering he went through and he was still breathing. And he did wake up at some point. And they didn't know how to define it. So they took it as divine intervention. That's the only thing they could come up with. They didn't have the vocabulary to say the word coma. So that is something that did happen. And he ended up being around for a little bit longer, but ultimately did pass out of the linear reality, but not immediately afterward. And he did wake up, and he did do some good things afterward. So that's the story. Okay. Our next question is coming from Debbie. From this linear viewpoint at times, it feels overwhelming to know that our existence is infinite, never-ending, and without limits. Is this realized as less overwhelming when not in the linear form? We say when you're in the linear form, you're very condensed and you're conditioned with all the boundaries that the linear offers. When you are not in that body, you are in the eternal space and it is never ending. It's the natural state of your soulful energy in the eternal to have that expansiveness. That's the natural state of it. So you would not be 
overwhelmed, you would be at home. It's because you're so conditioned in the linear for boundaries and everything that this confusion happens. And being in the linear form can be overwhelming when you think about, you know, no boundaries and it's endless. It can be very disconcerting to the mindset of a linear being. But realize that when you do cross over, you no longer have that body. So the rules and the boundaries of linear no longer apply to you and you're in your natural state. And therefore, not overwhelmed. In fact, quite comfortable. Okay, our next question uh, is coming from Anonymous. Do you observe Earth's frequency to be rising despite the current ongoing chaos reported in the news? We can tell you that we see everything in frequency and energy, especially the linear stuff. Now, we see the chaotic, frenetic energy that is occurring on your planet at this time. No need to go into it because you're all well-versed in it. But you've got to remember that the Earth and the plane of existence that you're all on, the energy and frequency is rising. There is a cleanup going on. There is opportunity for goodness and positivity to manifest itself. We can see that. Unfortunately, all of you cannot see that. But if you start thinking about things as energy and just start noticing the little nice things that are popping up, pretty small, like little little flowers poking their head up out of the, out of the dirt, there's some positivity that's starting to rise up we would say perhaps start being very observant. So, since most of you can't see the energy frequency like we can, you can see the results. And there are nice positive things starting to sprout up. Now, it might take a little while, and certainly all the chaos is going to dig in and white-knuckle trying to stay. But we do think ultimately that love, positiveness, and high frequency will win the argument. And when that happens, the decrease of chaos will enact itself, and perhaps the planet Earth will go back to its harmonious position that it had before all this chaos started. So do not deny yourself hope. Give yourself the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to start looking for those little flowers poking up through the dirt, because then I can water them then I can nurture them, then I can talk to them like I talk to my plants at home and get them to grow, prosper, and become colorful and beautiful in this reality that you're in right now that, yeah, we agree, tiny bit messed up. So start thinking and start looking for the evidence. We think very much you'll find it, and we do think all of you will start to relax a little bit and breathe and allow yourself to ride that wave of positiveness. We believe with our whole heart that the human race will save itself. Well, thank you, Veronica. And that was our last question. So if you want to take a break for a minute and come back and give the message to the world. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. Um, very different questions. Um, so as I mentioned don't be shy. 
write in to innerwhispersradio.com and we'll try to get your question on the air as soon as we can. And um, God, those were really interesting. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Okay. How about today you decide to be focused and not just walk through your day perceiving every little thing that is in front of you? A lot of you walk around with blinders on and don't choose to look at all of the energy and some of the good things that are happening on the planet and some of the bad things. Just because there are bad things happening doesn't mean that you should ignore the events. We're just saying don't wallow in them. And for every negative thing that you hear, see, touch, create a positive thing to balance it out. That is something you can do. That is something that would be really helpful to the environment. And try to keep your thoughts calm, harmonious, and focused. Focus on your evolvement. Focus on your growth. Because if you're focusing and you're growing, you're going to be of great help to everybody else who's not doing it. And it's going to set a good example that every time some chaotic moment presents itself, you look at it and say, I'm going for the positive on this. That's what you all need to do. Do not buy into the propaganda that everything is horrible. We agree. There are some things that are. But don't immerse yourself in it. Pull yourself back from it and say, no, no, no. Here's how I'm going to think, and here's my perspective, and here's my focus over here, and I'm focusing intensely. I'm not going to let anything else focus for me. I'm going to focus. You all are in charge of reality. There's no victims here. So decide that every day, whatever is thrown in the air, you're going to look at it and say, okay, here's what I'm going to throw in the air. It's positive, and it's going to combat any negativity that kind of floats into the room. Decide that your reality is going to be better. It's going to be harmonious. And you're going to observe the chaos and the negativity, but you're not going to, you know, wallow in it. You're going to lift yourself up whenever you can and decide that you're going to do the positive moment and the happy moment. The world is moving in odd directions. It's up to you to balance your own path and stay focused. And focus is the most important word we've said here. Focus on what matters to you. Focus on your well-being. Focus upon your energy and your soul. The rest is just all drama. And if you ignore it and back up from it, you observe it, but you don't wallow in it, you can perhaps escape it. So decide how you're going to handle Chaos is never a good thing. But observing it can be interesting, just as long as you're not knee-deep in it. So create the positive place and stay there. That's a good thing to do. Thank you, Veronica. Great message as always. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye.